You have arrived. You have now entered the Kush Life. Welcome to the Kush Life podcast, where we explore the Oklahoma medical marijuana community. From growers to dispensary owners, it's the Kush Life for us. Hi, welcome to the Kush Life podcast. Hi, my name is Marshall Hill, and we are journeying through Oklahoma medical marijuana from groweries to dispensary owners. It's the Kush Life for us. Esma, we are walking through then what does it mean to live a Kush life and how do we take our medication and integrate it into our lives? Thank you always for the time that you take. Uh, introduce yourself, please. Where do people find you on social? Uh, thank you so much for having me, man. This this just became, you know, a lifestyle is what it is. We just incorporate it into our lifestyle. So my name is Esma. And um, you can find me on Simply Bear LLC across Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I also am on the World Wide Web at itsfoodforyourskin.com. All right. And for those of you that have followed the podcast, you will recognize the next guest. Amy, we're excited. Thank you for taking the time to come on. It was a pleasure getting to know you inside the back of the Kush dispensary. And now we get to see the real Amy, the lifestyle. All right. Ready. Amy, who are you? Where are you? Where do people find you on social? Hold on. We did a podcast in the back of Kush. Let's be clear here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You didn't get to know me better in the back of the dispensary. We did a podcast. (laughs) That's what I was meaning, but you know. I was like, oh, hold on here. (laughs) No, yes. So I am Amy Lee. I own Boho Health Consulting. Um, I am the Boho Health Coach. I do one-on-one cannabis coaching, uh, recommendations, patient recommendations, education, dispensary training, and apprenticeship program. So I really focus on bridging the gap between the Oklahoma medical marijuana patient and the dispensary and empowering the patient with their medicine through um, daily habit routine and mindset. All right, that's cool. So you got some different things. Yeah, I know. I like how to, I mean, I didn't think we were supposed to talk about the other thing, you know, but you brought it up. So, you know, I mean, if we really want to go there, I mean, uh, no, I mean, that was a fun episode that we did back there and, and, and it's been cool to see your journey and get to know you more. Um, definitely if anybody, uh, is on social and have seen anything on TikTok around cannabis, you know, you're always popping up, you know, you're, what is it about you? Why do you always do, you know, the way you do social and, and the way you interact your business? The way I put myself out over social media? Yeah. yeah. So um, I honestly, I feel like the education needs to be there. It's, it's there. It's growing so much in Oklahoma, um, but we have so many medical marijuana patients. And so really extending that reach and creating just like, um, uh, there's other there's other businesses that have coaches, but we're expanding the reach. We want that education to be across the state and empower the patients. So, the best way to do that is to connect with the patients. Where are the patients? Well, they're all at home, right? We're all in quarantine still. We're all still living the pandemic lifestyle, Kush the Kush way. Um, but like, they're on their phones. They're on TikTok, you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook. So the best way to reach people is through social media. So I really focus, I connect with a lot of my clients on TikTok. Um, I do free workouts every other day at 8 a.m. 
as free resources and do lives and answer questions and things like that. So I feel like um, if I can be that annoying person you see consistently, then when you have a cannabis question, you'll know who to go to. And uh, you have regular monthly, I think, monthly things that people programs and that type of deal that people can yeah. sign up for. Yeah. So I do one-on-one -on -one monthly coaching. Um, and I just, so April just started yesterday. Um, and so all day today and yesterday, I've just been meeting with clients and what we're going over is their wellness. Where are they at now? Where do they want to be? And then we set weekly and monthly goals. So I meet with them once a week. Um, and the beginning of the month, it's real exciting. You know, it's like new month. What are we going to conquer? What are we going to do? And then we get to put it into action. So they get daily reminders on their phone through an app that I use. Um, it's a coaching platform where I can keep track of all my clients. Um, we have private messaging. So everything stays confidential, <laughs> you know, it's not on my private text messages. So it is, um, it is a platform. And then well, we're able to track your wellness and we track that in ways that measure up to you. So some of my clients want less pain, less inflammation. Um, they have symptoms like IBS um, or fibromyalgia, uh, pain disorders, uh, skin disorders, things of that nature, and really just working with them one-on-one -on -one and how to get the best wellness with their, with their medicine in their life. So one-on-one -on -one coaching, apprenticeship, and some events, education events. I love it. And thanks so much for all that you do. I mean, no doubt for education. And that's that's really what we want to talk heavily about uh, tonight. And that's why we do, you know, these ESMA as we've journeyed through, um, especially lately, we've run into it. And last time we did an episode where we talked about all the different things that we would recommend where to go smoke different places, a part of Oklahoma that is unique, because there's so many different people moving into the state. Well, sometimes the moving into the state creates uh, opportunities for growth, and sometimes it creates opportunities for questioning. Uh, what's been really cool is understanding the stereotypes that go along with moving into the state, uh, what goes on here. And so I've also then experienced the opposite side, which I know, Esma, we've talked about, is stereotypes of people already in the state, what they presume that goes on in the industry, you know, and especially with family and, you know, talking with family and being around family that does not partake. And so a lot of that comes to a, a head, uh, Esma, when you're with family for Easter, we all just celebrated Easter, right? So uh, I had an interesting time with my family where my mom's dog is, you know, it's about time, right? Dogs having multiple issues, having some problems. Well, but Amy, you've been to the Kush, right? Dispensary, you've, you've met their dog that has a lot of problems, but has been taking, you know, CBD and I started giving it to my dog. Well, I suggest that for my mom's dog. Well, so then the stereotypes and the questions and well, can you take, can, you know, well, I took cannabis and it made me feel, you know, is my dog going to be okay? Like, you know, regular, I get it, you know, stereotype type deals, but still really interesting that you couldn't give it to your dog who's about to go get put down, um, but questioning whether or not it's safe for the dog. So a lot of different stereotypes happen. Uh, I would imagine, though, one of the first stereotypes that, you know, and as we get into it, I really want to know, though, you know, as a woman, 
there's automatically stereotypes that go along uh, with life. Uh, what's been what's been the biggest one that you've had to overcome, Esma? Um, well, I walked away from the car business, you know, and in the car business, there was a lot of stereotypes to begin with because I was a girl working in a man's world. Um, and I actually worked in the shop, so I was in service. Uh, the stereotypes, you know, were, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, or, you know, things just as a girl, you know, in the industry. So that carried over into what I'm doing now, you know. Um, but where I was able to overcome is like Amy was mentioning that one-on-one -on -one coaching, I have a lot of like my entire business um, platform experience is really ran on one-on-one -on -one exp one -on -one experience. So uh, that, I, that carried over with me all throughout the years and customer service and whatever I did, it, that one-on-one -on -one experience is, worth a million bucks you know so uh with that i capitalized on the interpersonal relationships and being able to grow from there so i was able to overcome a lot of stereotypes like yeah i may not have known the car parts but i understood people and i understood what people needed according to their budgets their lifestyle what they're doing you know the type of vehicle just you know throwing out examples um, so stereotypes in the cannabis industry coming over this way was, you know, we'll get there. All right, okay. Amy, Amy, what is, as a woman, what is, what's your biggest stereotype that you deal with? I, so first as I think that it's so funny because, um, when, before I got in, opened up this business, I ran a body shop in Texas for two years. So okay. I was, I was the lead adjuster and I was on, like, I worked for, um, farmers for three years. And so, you know, when I'm ordering parts, they're like, Oh, hi, sweetie. What part do you need? I'm like, yo, I already know how, like, I know everything about this car inside and night to test me, you know, <laughs> I, I know vehicles, I know them. And so that being a huge stereotype, you know, dealing in, you say like a man's world, it's typically yeah. dominated by men. And so it's, it's almost unfathomable to meet a woman who might be well-educated in something else besides homemaking, you know? And when you see a woman, it's like, it, it still has that mindset. There's still that mindset in society where, oh, what do you do? Uh, you know, I told someone one time uh, I was a I was, I was at the time, my education is an early childhood education. I said, oh, I'm a school teacher. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Like what? Like I'm raising all y'all's kids. <laughs> I'm, I'm teaching them that that's not cute. That's hard work, you know? <laughs> so those stereotypes, but just even different um, positions I've worked. I've worked in and out of the health industry for years. Um, you know, there's a lot of not just male versus uh, female, but also as a woman, you have to prove that you are the best at whatever it is you're doing to make sure you secure your spot. 
And um, so I feel like it almost bred a lot of competition um, where women are almost conditioned to be like, we have to excel in all areas, right? We have an expectation to excel, but at the same time, we're less than in certain, certain places. Does that make sense? Are we high? <laughs> Are we high yet? Or did that make sense? <laughs> That's the idea, right? I've been smoking the whole time. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, that's why I wanted you guys to express your opinions because I, it, it's hard, right? As a male, it's, I don't understand. So I, that's why I wanted to learn, first of all, just, you know, as women, what do you go through? You know, men could always throw out their opinions, but it, until you really talk to somebody that goes through it, uh, asthma, I definitely, definitely understand the car world and the dealership world and definitely how that, uh, no doubt it, it is a, uh, it is a male dominated industry you mentioned cannabis industry and that's where we wanted to go second like <clears throat> what as a let's let's go first as a you know as a woman in the cannabis industry is there i guess we would just say would we say that there's sexism inside the industry is that was that would that be a way of describing it or is it different than sexism and is how what's the vibe of female inside the industry there's a lot of females in the industry. There is. Um, it may not be like it may be something under the rug or, you know, trying to be covered. But there's actually a lot of women in the cannabis industry. Um, and that's a that's a typical stereotype is, you know, especially here in Oklahoma, the, you know, a lot of people that you deal with, um, it doesn't matter it doesn't have to really be males but um there's a majority a, agreed upon um sentence that goes that as far as like men running the industry and i don't think that that's really what's going on i think women do um have majority hold of this industry and like amy was saying just that feeling of having to be the best at what you do in order to have your spot. Like that's, um, that's a problem, you know? Um, so as women, can I, can I pause one second? Can I pause one second? And I just, this is, this is from just a business aspect. Like, so what is it about being female that makes it tougher then? I mean, just business to business, right? Because you go down to, I mean, most dispensary owners have yourself. Just really having to prove yourself. I think we've been conditioned all these years, you know, even up until late 70s, 80s, uh, even in the 90s, men ruled the world, you know what I mean? Um, in business, so in politics, in office chairs, in uh, law enforcement, you know what I mean? Men held these chairs. So, um, even though the real numbers right now is that there's a ton of women in the industry, we're still, we're still conditioned, you know what I mean, over the years. So we're still getting over that hurdle. And I think that's where it's at is bridging that gap again with education. Yes, there's a lot of education, but at the same time, 
there's really not. There's over 100,000 patients in Oklahoma and on social media, depending on the math and the hashtags and the time you post it and everything like that, like there's a lot of factors involved when it comes to social media that kind of locks you into a pool of people and that's who sees your stuff, okay? How do you reach your everyday Susie that comes in at four o'clock at the store? You got to do person to person. Like it doesn't matter what age of technology we move forward towards or, you know what I mean? Like that we, we still hold ourselves back by what's happened in the past. And I think once we as a collective start looking forward, we'll be able to accept that, okay, man, there's actually a lot of women in business. There is women can hold these chairs and we wouldn't have to feel, um, feel like we have to prove ourselves, you know what I mean? Or feel like we have to, we can't make mistakes, you know what I mean? Or when we do make mistakes, we tend to beat ourselves up quite a bit. And sometimes we get stuck in that, in that hole, you know what I mean? As a woman with emotions, with, you know, just PTSD, with a lot of, with a lot of it going on as a woman, we do feel more, we do feel more. So I think emotions are involved. But at the same time, I think never. it gives us a competitive I mean, edge. I mean, a woman you and know? emotions, come on, never. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's true. You know, I, I, you got to be real with it. That's a huge factor. That's a huge difference. No. Is that no. I, I think no? it's one of my biggest pet peeves in business is the emotion <laughs> part. Like, I really have to keep it so blunt. I, this is part of the stereotype, I think, is like I have learned working with men for you, just male dominated industry, like keep it simple, sweetheart. What do you want? What is business? And if you put emotion into it, I'm not here to make friends, right? I'm here to yep. make impact. So if you're not helping me make an impact, I got to cut ties. I wish you well, I love you, whatever it is, but you know, my mission is this. And so will I have emotions after that? Yes. But in the transaction, in the business, I, um, <laughs> I have a lot of trauma. I've conditioned myself to be like very closed yeah. off. Very you and I may be able to do that, but majority of women cannot do that. You exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. Like people, people that are, living, yeah, with the education and the coaching and the actual, like, you have to actively work on that mindset or you're going to be in that major, you know, and that's where the stereotype comes in. You know what I mean? Like whenever it comes to people like you or me that know how to cut it short, sweet and simple, whenever it comes to business and things like that, um, you know, like I pick and choose my stores. I don't sell my products everywhere because I know what I'm worth. You know what I mean? So that, that comes with it. Um, you but, also know your you know your market. You know the people that you want to connect with, and you want to make sure that they are going to a place yeah. that you would shop at yourself. You know, again, like making sure like you're making sure that you're you're established and and you know it, I love what you do. But um, all right, so Amy, what about you? What do you think is the biggest stereotype? Um, so when I moved here and opened up my business, the cannabis world was already in full swing. I kind of jumped in, cannonballed in and was like, hi, I'm here. I grew up here, but nobody knows me. And this is what I'm going to do. And what I found was, um, 
specifically from men was that when I was going to meet with them, it was like, they almost expected me like, well, what do you want for free? Like, oh, do you want, are you, what do you want? Free weed? You know, like almost as if I was trying to like convince them to give me something, you know, or like, what was my motive? But, oh, there was always like, an, I'm like, no, this is business. I just want to know if you're interested in partnering with me, this is what I do. I'm looking for dispensaries to share my just papers at, you know, and, and my minimal products. But it was like, well, what do you want? Always. Uh, what I have found is that they're seeing, I don't know if this is just with uh, in the cannabis industry, but that it's perceived that a woman has like an ulterior motive with it. There's something behind it. Well, what do you want from me? Well, no, I just want you to support me by letting me put my flyers here. Or, and that's what I really started off doing was like, this is what I do. I don't even really have products set up yet. You know, not everything's here. And I was met with a lot of, um, so for me personally, this is, you know, I've lost 125 pounds and uh, it would be like, well, what brand are you representing? Well, who do you work for? you know, and it's like, no, this is my brand. This is me. This is one guy didn't believe it was my before and after. And, you know, just a lot of doubt in women. And I feel that doubt. And that can, if you're not a strong woman in this industry, it can really break you down. I think that's where that emotional part comes in again. And we get almost looked at as these emotional, reckless women. No, we are pouring our heart and souls in this. And we know that we have to work twice as hard to even just make an impression. And so when we get that no, sometimes it does break you down. Or when you get someone that you're so serious about, you're like, oh my gosh, the dispensary is going to carry my stuff. And then you find out, well, he just wanted to ask you out on a date. Like that's not, it's just, it's just soul crushing. They weren't actually interested in the product or what I had to offer is just this, you know? And so I feel like um, when I came into the industry, it was very difficult for me to be like, take me seriously. <laughs> Like, take me seriously. Look at what I've done. Look at what cannabis has done for me. And now I've educated myself. I've gotten myself certified. I've done the necessary steps to be credible, right? I have to be credible because people will look up your credentials. As a woman, you're, you're not credible. <laughs> you know, they want to know, well, how do you, how, well, why do you do this? How do you do this? And so it's constantly having to prove yourself and take me seriously, take me seriously. Like I'm serious about what I'm doing. So I found that when I moved my business here in 2019, it was very much an uphill battle and very, very difficult for me to, uh, you know, intentions. So selling my business is selling myself. And what is the intention there? Um, yeah. I fall into that. Oh, you own a business. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. <laughs> it, it's a fun climb, isn't it though? You know, it's, it's, hey. a, fun, it's a fun game. It's a fun game. So, so that, you know, as personally, that's what you, you guys have been going through. Thank you so much for sharing. I mean, I, I, I appreciate that. I, what about the overall industry? What do you think? And, and this doesn't have to be with being a female, just, you know, because like I said, I mean, you know, questions that I've been asked are, you know, well, can you even go into, and this is overall cannabis, right? Can you even go into a CBD store? Uh, is CBD safe? You know, is it going to make you you know, why do you, why do you then get the one from the, the dispensary? You know, do you, do you just always want to be high? You know, they, you know, there's just a lot of, uh, you know, difference of opinions, different theories, you know, everybody's got, maybe we call them misconceptions or the way I think the three of us believe is, well, they're just, people don't know enough, right? There's just not enough education 
of taking medication from a plant versus a lab. So Asma, what do you think overall the, you know, the, the basically the biggest stereotype of the overall industry is? Um, you know, she said it a few minutes ago, take me seriously. I think the whole industry is screaming, take me seriously. You know what I mean? Um, in very many different ways, everybody's projecting that outwards, take me seriously. So, um, you know, lack of education, that's really the, that's the only way is to educate, to educate, 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 because there's nothing more powerful than a changed mind or a mind that's becomes more aware, you know? So whenever you plant the seeds properly and, um, you know, less projection, more education and uh, see where that leads. I think that would be really good for the whole community, for the whole industry in Oklahoma. Um, just because I see everybody trying so freaking hard everywhere in every area. I see businesses coming up left and right just out of competition. You know what I mean? Um, it's really just, it's heartbreaking to, to watch and be a part of. Um, and I really wish, I really wish we could just spread more awareness. The more awareness we, you know, the more footsteps we take forward um, with that, the, the less stereotypes will be in the future and the, the faster we can close that gap. Cool. Thank you. Amy. Okay, say it again though, because I got totally lost in her amazing answer. <laughs> all right. Uh, I was thinking of all these great things. I was like, oh, I want to respond to that. I want to respond to that. But I was. <laughs> overall, you know, biggest stereotype um, sort of against or towards the industry. Okay, so one that I have definitely, um, I just had a meeting last week and I hear this a lot. Like, wow, you are a very productive stoner. Like, I can't believe how busy you are, how much you're like, you know, you're almost like, well, I have to look at my calendar and I pull up my calendar and I'm like, well, actually I'm not free until da 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 this time, da da da. And the gentleman I was speaking with was like, I forget that you're like high when you're here because you're every time you're here, you're like, okay, well, what's next? What's that? And he was like, well, would you want to go, you know, we'll take a break and we'll smoke. And I was like, nah, I, we got to address this, this, and this. So that lazy stoner, that unprofessional stoner, that, um, that stigma, you know, that, that stereotype really is that everyone wants to be blazed on their butt on the couch. And that's not the truth. A lot of people want to be healthy, not high. And so that's what, again, where that education and connection and community comes in. And like, as I said, there's so many people like competing, right? There's so much education and it's a beautiful thing, but how are we funneling it to the patients? How are we helping them? How are we showing them? And that's through educational events. That's through pop-ups. That's unfortunately also through social media. Um, I, I say unfortunately, because I feel like there's not always uh, as much of a connection through social media. Sometimes I feel like it can fall flat um, and also be misconstrued very easily. So really proving the lazy stoner stereotype wrong and 
again, in the cannabis industry in Oklahoma, everyone's like, take me seriously, take me seriously. It's like, we may all be smoking because like we're stressed. We're trying to do our business. We're trying to manage, we're trying to do this. And that's why people think, oh my gosh, all you do is smoke all day. I was like, yeah, but, um, I'm wearing my butt off and my body burns cannabinoids like on demand. So you see the way it works is I have to blaze all day, you know? And, and, and that's kind of where the, again, that education comes in where you, where you get to explain to people, yes, you may see me smoking. That's a layering method I use to help build my cannabinoids as I'm using them because right now I'm stressed and full of anxiety. And so breaking that stereotype and taking that away of the lazy stoner, because I honestly, I don't, I like, I don't think I've ever, honestly, I don't think I've ever met a lazy stoner, but maybe my circle's full of just like, you know, everyone's super motivated, but I've I met plenty. You've met plenty? I mean, check your circle, friend. <laughs> hey, I mean, we all relax. The car we all industry. know how to kick it, but like, I'm talking like all my friends have hustle. They have drive. They have, you know, they may not be in the cannabis industry. The majority of them aren't in the cannabis industry. And, but they use cannabis to excel in the areas that they do work, the professions they are in. So uh, breaking that stigma, you know, I like it when people say, I forget that like you're high right now. You just did four dabs. Like you should be blitzed. And I'm like, what's up? You know, normal, you know, <laughs> like whatever normal is <laughs> so, like leveled. <laughs> yeah. There is a joke around me and, and my friends because uh, a longtime friend of mine, um, he came to start working with me, you know, when he was in high school and uh, I never knew what they were doing. They would always go play video games. Right. And of course, if you're a high school kid working at the car wash or out of high school, what are you probably always, probably always high, right? Like, I mean, they just, that's just the way that industry is. And, you know, every night they'd always go play video games. And, you know, I was, I had no idea what they were doing. It was, I was the old dude that didn't have a clue that they would, you know, but uh, that's all they would do is just go sit around and smoke. You know, that's, it is what it is. No job, no nothing, yeah. nothing. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they had jobs, no doubt, no. That's yeah, just but see, but see, they because they were medicating to relax and unwind at the end of the day, and they chose video games. So there's education right there, right? <laughs> That's not a lazy stoner. They're medicating properly. I can get behind that. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Here in the Sooner State, no doubt, you two ladies are the uh, frontier women in a very booming industry that is still, though, extremely, extremely in its infant stage. Uh, as more and more people come in and as the bigger the industry gets, no doubt stereotypes will continue to grow and some may decrease. Uh, that will be the interesting part, I think, is some of the typical stereotypes inside of Oklahoma viewing the industry. I think that will dramatically uh, change. And I think some of the stereotypes that people have moving into the state will change because the, the overall culture of our state will continue to uh, grow as more and more people move in. Uh, Asma, what are your closing thoughts, you know, as going through stereotypes, you know, encouraging other women that'll be in the industry of what they may go through, you know, closing thoughts, uh, encouraging others when they go through stereotypes? Uh, education. I'm going to continue to say it. Uh, definitely. You know, as much as I know, I always <clears throat> reach out to people that know more than me. 
Um, there's nothing like learning. So uh, the more you learn, the more you're able to see how to use the plant, how much to dose yourself, uh, how to how to really teach others in your family to be able to, you know, just take care of your mom and your grandma and everybody else, you know, because that's how you're going to do it is uh, to educate yourself, especially once you learn how to incorporate the plant with, with coffee, with, uh, you know, all these other ingredients, all these other plant-based ingredients, it just becomes like uh, mind blowing. So um, education is where it's at, you know, less, Let's focus on what you, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, you always want to love yourself the most and everything, but if we stopped projecting and started uh, listening to each other and really just focused on healing, on using the plant for healing, not really using the plant to be the best at something, um, I think we really can get ahead. So I think that's that's where I'm going to leave it at is education. I think I'm going to keep keep harping on education for the time being until until I get a, a bigger crowd that's really pushing out the the proper education of how to how to really blend this with your whole family and and your your neighbors and your cousins and actually turn it into a whole lifestyle. So yeah. So like to just piggyback off your answer real quick. I was thinking connection, right? Because yeah. once you make that connection, you can educate. And so being open-minded with connection, being really taking the emotion out of it, because if you're talking education, that's, that's flat. Education has no emotion. And so being that patient advocate, like you said, and really like being present, you know, being present for the patient and connecting. I love I, I'm education. Obviously, I believe is key. <laughs> I believe it's key. It changed my life. You know, I went from yeah. speaking for Dare to owning my own cannabis company. Like, <laughs> you know, that's a huge, that's a huge difference. So I think the connection and education, because once, once you have a connection with someone, once someone hears your story and they relate to it, and they're like, okay, you don't have to be certified in anything to give them education. You can have the education. You can know from your personal experience and you can make that connection and change a life. You don't even have to own a cannabis business in the cannabis industry to change a life of cannabis. And so educate yourself, empower your own wellness, empower other patients, like you said, you know, and just continue. Um, you know, Marshall, I think that if your mom listened to some of these podcasts, I think that she'd be medicating her dog. So maybe we should get mom in a couple episodes to, to hear, to play back. <laughs> right. You said incorporating into the family, right? <laughs> that end of life is important for the, for your pets. You know, you want to take care of them just like you would your loved yep. ones. They are your loved ones. So education and connection is key. I'll uh, I'll not work on that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna BS you. I'm not gonna BS you. I will not work on that whatsoever. <laughs> okay, I'll do this. If Esma has her mom on, I'll have mine on. <laughs> uh, I just right? can I just have my popcorn for that one. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I you know I'm for my closing thoughts when I when I think of it. Um, I guess. 
I guess I, I look at the way you described what you said, Amy, and I look at my own stereotype, right? Like I presume things about the guys while then I would go home and medicate my sorrows with a bottle, right? I mean, I think most people that generally give out a stereotype often are having something that they're dealing with themselves. And generally, while it's not good to try and, you know, pick at somebody else's faults, many times it makes their cells kind of feel better to do it. So I think when I get stereotyped or when people come hard at me about something and I've dealt with the similar things, walking into a customer and I, you know, I maybe should not have smoked, uh, you know, on my way to go see the customer, but I wanted to. And I walked in and he goes, are you high? And I go, uh, huh? Like, oh, well, you smell like smoke. And I go, well, I mean, I, I smoked. I mean, that didn't necessarily mean I'm high, but sure, I'm high. You know, like, what? sure, whatever. You know, why, why does it matter? And, and so when I kind of take those stereotypes, I feel like I just kind of just better to just kind of go, sure. You know, whatever. You're, you're thinking of it as like, your opinion doesn't define me is what I hear you saying is like, sure, you think I'm high, sure. Because I know I'm balanced and I'm coherent, right? Yeah. So think what you want. And that's the stereotype of if you medicate that you're high, you're always high. But you know what, when I was on 10 prescriptions, no one was like, hey, that might be too many prescriptions for you. And you probably shouldn't be combining those with alcohol like you're doing every night. But because I want to smoke, so I have natural medicine, I'll, red flags everywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, that's sort of the way I go with it is sure. Yeah. What an opportunity for you to educate somebody though, Marshall. And, and I do my best. I do my best. <laughs> You know, I do. I try, but maybe I need more education on how to educate. Maybe that's what I need. You've got an expert on your panel. What do you mean? She's here with you every week. And she does a great job. <laughs> okay, we got to empower you more in your education as a patient so you can help educate others. You got to be the ripple, man. You got to be the ripple. There's another gap. Well, you know, the two other people that listen to this podcast, they'll get educated too. All right, Esma, thanks so much for your time. Amy, it's always a blast. Uh, thanks for the energy you always bring. Uh, I wish you guys a, a great night and thank you again for everything that you guys do. Thank you so thank much. You. I know no one else can see your faces, but it was good to see your faces virtually. <laughs> you guys have thank a good you. Hey guys, this is Katie at Kush. I just wanted to give you guys a friendly reminder. We do happy hour every morning from 10 to noon. It's every day, 20% off everything in store except for the daily deal. That's right, 20% off. You can get concentrates, edibles, pre-rolls, flour, all at 20% off every morning, 10 to noon. Come and see us. It's the Kush Life for us. Kush Life. Kush life.